Jesus predicts Peter's betrayal. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on today in Luke chapter 22. We're going to be in verses 31 through 34. And we're moving on in the story of Jesus um, with his disciples at the Last Supper. Uh, The Last Supper was the last Passover that Jesus and the disciples would um, partake in together during his earthly life and mission. Um, Also, this was the night that Jesus would be ultimately arrested. So the events taking place in Luke 22 all center around the night of his arrest ultimately. And so um, while this is a long chapter and it gives us a lot of details about a lot of things, Um, the whole chapter encompasses uh, the night of Jesus' arrest, ultimately. You'll remember back at the beginning of Luke 22, um, Judas Iscariot agreed in collusion with the religious leaders to find a suitable time to betray Jesus. And that part of the passage is coming up uh, soon as well. Uh, But today, our focus is Jesus' conversation with Peter at the Passover meal. Uh, where he predicts that Peter will ultimately uh, betray him, uh, deny him three times before uh, the day is done. Um, That had to be a crushing blow uh, to Peter uh, to hear his heart exposed in his uh, presence uh, so um, truthfully in a way that he couldn't imagine behaving being uh, something Jesus predicted he would do, Um, and for Jesus uh, to know the truth of it and to look this dear friend in the face and to know that in just a few short hours, this is exactly what would happen. So uh, before we get into the word, my friends, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for another fresh start, a new Monday. And we pray, Lord God, that as we enter the week, it would be a good and productive week. Uh, It would be a week, Lord, where we have opportunities to serve you and love others um, in um, faithfulness to you. And so, Lord God, help us to um, be willing to be emptied of self as we begin this week so that we might be responsive to the needs of the people around us and we might love them the way that you would love them if you were here to do it through us. And uh, you've sent your spirit to live and love through us, and so help us be responsive to the, uh, to the promptings of your spirit and to the leadings of your spirit as we go into this week. Father, as we study your word, we pray that you would um, lead and guide us through it, and that you would bring insight and understanding as we read and study. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, Luke uh, twenty-two thirty-one through 34. Simon, Simon. Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. These are powerful words. These are powerful words. Uh, Jesus begins the teaching uh, with a warning to Simon, um, and he says something interesting in verse 31. He says to Peter, uh, Simon, um, and it's interesting, Peter does go through a name change. 
uh, from Simon, his original given name to Peter, uh, which is a Greek name meaning rock, Petros. It means rock. And Jesus would later say, on this rock, Peter, I will build my church. And so he saw in Peter uh, a strong and reliable man of God uh, that he could uh, build uh, the church's foundation on as he went back to the Father. And so the first century church was on rocky ground. We know that because of the persecutions, uh, the uh, Roman government was uh, in opposition to the Christian movement at that time, but it was before Constantine when it was made legal. And so for the first 320 some odd years of the church's existence, it was staring down the gun of persecution and uh, extinction because of the uh, government's opposition to it. Um, but this uh, particular passage happens while Peter is still going by the name Simon. And Jesus says in verse 31 that Satan had asked to sift all of you as wheat. Now, if you go back to the Old Testament book of Job, you see in the beginning of the book of Job that Satan uh, approached God and asked for permission to test Job uh, to see if his faith would falter in the midst of the testing. And Satan is doing the same thing here. He's gone to um, uh, God and he has asked for permission to sift the disciples as wheat. He wants to test them. He wants to push them to the edge to see if their faith will hold up. And Jesus says in 32, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. <laughs> I think about those words, and I think the same is true for each of us today. Simon had Jesus in his life in a real and present way on this earth. We have Jesus in our life through our spiritual relationship with him, um, and he's present always in the person of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible tells us that Jesus is interceding for us in the heavenlies. And so what that means is his work of prayer for his followers has never stopped. Jesus prayed for um, Peter here that his faith may not fail, and he's praying in the heavenlies for us as well as our intermediary, as our high priest, that our faith may not fail either. He is not stopped in his mission of praying for his beloved ones. Now, that's a powerful thing. There's no, uh, I've been prayed for by a lot of people, and I'm always grateful for the prayers of God's people. But uh, there is no expression that can uh, adequately display my gratitude for the prayers of my Lord on my behalf. You'll remember also in John chapter 17, uh, also in the, in the passages leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, he spends a whole night pleading in prayer, uh, praying hard for himself and for his disciples in the Father's presence leading up to his death and resurrection. And so Jesus is constantly interceding for us on the basis of God's goodwill, purpose, and plan for our lives. Not on the basis of what we think is best for us, but on the basis of what God wants for us. He's interceding for us in perfect alignment with the will of God for our lives. Nothing makes me happier to, to think about, and what a great teaching to start the week on. No matter what you face this week, my friends, Jesus is interceding for you in the heavenlies. Um, he's just busy about his work of interceding for his people if you belong to him. And then um, Jesus goes on in the second part of 32. He says, And when you have turned back, 
strengthen your brothers. So he's been praying for Peter for several things. I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, that you may stand firm in the time of testing, and that when you've turned back, a prediction that he would fail, um, strengthen your brothers. In other words, the ministry I would call you to is to strengthen your brothers, edify, lift them up, preach the good news, uh, teach them to stay faithful to the calling of God in their lives. And that's a wonderful thing to say to them. But there's so much packed into that verse. I pray that you would stand firm. I know that you're going to fail. When you've turned back to me, strengthen your brothers. And then it, Luke goes on. He says, but he replied, this is Peter's reply, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Now that's what Peter thought about his level of commitment. That is Peter's perception of his commitment to Jesus. Lord, I'm, I'm never going to betray you. I'm never going to turn my back on you. Satan can sift me as weed as much as he wants, but I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand strong. I'll go with you to the death, Jesus. And that's what he thought. But in his heart of hearts, he wasn't ready for that level of commitment. Jesus said to him, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. And we know later in Luke's gospel that Peter does just that. And we'll see that here in a few verses. Um, We can't talk about Peter's denial. We can't talk about the prediction of Peter's denial without talking about our own hearts. And if Jesus was in front of me this morning, he could predict all of the ways this week that I will deny him in subtle ways by not standing up for him, by not speaking up for him, by not taking a stand for him when, in fact, I could. And I pray at the beginning of this week for my own life and my own journey of faith that I, I will enter every opportunity to take a stand for Jesus, and I will enter every opportunity to uh, to talk about the gospel and to take a stand for Him, and uh, that I'll do so boldly. Uh, but I realize that I'm human, and there may be some times when I miss the moment, or when I choose to shrink back in the face of an opportunity to stand firm. My friends, let's pray for each other that we too. Um, that our faith may not fail us this week and that we too would stand strong in the face of the temptation to deny Jesus. And uh, let's, uh, let's just be Jesus people this week. Let's agree to take a stand for him. Let's agree to be bold for Jesus as we enter this new week together. All right, my friends, as always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to study. And I pray that God will continue to impress these words on your heart as you consider them today. God bless.